0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place
1: to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, for the first 48 minutes, we have our introductory conversation. We start out by talking about opiate addiction and withdrawals. Adam actually shares a very personal story in that part of this episode. Then we asked Doug how life insurance actually works. Now, Health IQ is one of our sponsors. Uh, They do provide life insurance for people who are very fit, so you get good prices, and Doug explains how it works. Now, you go to healthiq.com forward slash mindpump, you can get a free quote. Then we talk about the rat study and ketogenic diets. There's a study that came out that shows that ketogenic diets can cause diabetes. I debunk that myth in that part of this episode. Adam talks about electric shock Chopsticks. This is the shit. <laughs> Actually makes you taste foods differently. I'm excited about this, That's man. That's kind of weird. Uh, we talk about weird. aging and gray hair. Is my salt and pepper beard good looking or does it just make me look like crap, like Adam says? Yes, let me get a <laughs> hold of it. Uh, then Adam shares his Organify shake recipe. This is a protein shake made with egg yolks. Uh, what's in that recipe, Adam? Uh,
0: I use the vanilla Organify protein. I do two scoops of that. It's uh, one medium banana three large strawberries, um, three egg yolks, a cup of ice, and then one cup of almond milk. So I've shared, I think, that one. And I've also shared the banana and blueberry and uh, spinach one. So those are the two that I've been making lately.
1: Sounds delicious. Organifi is one of our sponsors. If you go to Organifi.com forward slash and use the code mindpump, you will get a 20% discount. Then we talk about dietary cholesterol and its benefits. Believe it or not, dietary cholesterol can contribute to muscle gain and maybe even fat Say loss. What? And then we talk about rain and glyphosates. And then we get into the questions. The first question was, "What is our opinion on power napping?" This is when you can take a twenty to thirty minute nap in the middle of the day. Is it beneficial? Is it good for health? I'm nap uh, the shit out of it. And the problem is, a lot of people can't take a nap. We recommend Brain <laughs> FM. Uh, it's these music that you listen to that actually puts your brain into a state where you take a nap. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, we are sponsored by them, or we work with them, I should say. It actually say. works. If you go to brain.fm forward slash mindpump, you'll get 20% off. The next question was, why are there some people that can eat a ton of junk food and crap and never work out and look awesome? What the hell's going on, and why is this so unfair? And the next question <laughs> was, What are our why? views? what are our views on training every body part except for one or two? Because maybe that part's already overdeveloped. This is a person that doesn't want to work her chest. Because every time she says she works her chest, Mm. she doesn't like the way her boobs look. Should she avoid training her chest? Save them boobies. And the final question, are trainers just touchy-feely by nature? Or are some of them just creeps? We share some good, fun stories in that part of this episode. I also want to mention that MAPS Performance is 50% off. Now, MAPS Performance is our MAPS program that focuses on Full-spectrum athletic performance, giving you an athletic-looking body, lean, mobile, and muscular. It's half-off if you use the code GREEN50. That's G-R-E-N and the number 50 all together, and that's at mindpumpmedia.com. We also have bundles that are on that site, bundles where we take multiple MAPS programs, put them together for particular goals, and we discount them. All of those bundles and the 50% off MAPS performance with the code GREEN50, is available at mindpumpmedia.com.
2: T-shirt time, and it's T-shirt time. Oh
1: yeah! Boom! I, I don't
2: know what's going on. Only six reviews this last uh, week. Whoa! Oh, that's Adam's oh, fault. You slackers! That's Adam's fault. So two shirts I'm are going shame out. Shame you. We've got two winners here: Krista eight seven five three one one and Pika one two one eight both of you are winners, send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com and send your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you.
1: Leave a review. Just go there. Leave a review. If it's five star and we like it, your chances of winning a t-shirt are obviously really, really high. What? 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 Is your singing voice getting better? It is. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. What? 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 (laughs)
3: What's that from? Is that, that the, hey, what, what, hey, the what what in the butt? What what in the butt? Who was that? Eddie Murphy? No, that was actually a, a viral video. This this guy. Oh, made. I know oh, you're, you're yeah. thinking of uh, the raw thing. Oh this, yeah, the poop, that's the the poop right. song.
1: No, no, Eddie Murphy oh, yeah, does this one. A
3: CD. Eddie Murphy has a whole album. He does a thing about
1: something in your butt. It's a clock in your butt. Motherfucking clock in your butt. You ever watch that? <laughs> oh, oh no, no. I know I he does it he does a
0: thing in Raw or Delirious. I don't remember which one of the stand ups he does where he does like the the poop
3: song or
1: whatever. Oh, Party what all
3: the time. Party all the time. That was a that was a. Yeah, that yeah, was that actually a hit. Yeah. Sung by well, Eddie Murphy. Well, yeah, it's because, you know, he brought in, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Super Freak? Uh, Rick James? Oh, yeah. He brought Rick James in to, to produce it. And of course, this can be a hit.
1: People think that musicians today are, are fucking crazy party maniacs. Yeah. No, they would die if they were competing with the guys of the 70s. Not and 80s. anymore, man. Oh, bro, Rick James. Yeah. Oh my have you ever heard stories of that guy? I just, or Motley like, like, Crue oh, just watched or- Chappelle show,
3: dude, and you see some of the, <laughs> <laughs> the shenanigans with the couch and I just feel like they're
0: they're on different drugs now. It's different. Yeah. It's like they party. I mean, there's they're doing a lot of drugs. I think still today, it's just they're doing different drugs. Yeah.
1: But I think back then it was a competition to see who could do the most drugs. Yeah, they're not as yeah. out of hand as they used well, to be. Well, you know it's 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 depressing. That, that
0: same competition that was around like coke and heroin and speed and things like that is now around things like Sizzurp you know, so and, and codeine and things like that. So that's what uh, you hear.
1: Prescription drugs. is yeah. that
0: why the rap got really slow? You know what I mean? Probably. That way
1: they started mumbling. So, I mean, these
0: some of these guys, are, are you know, have these syrup machines in their house, dude. A straights, just, just, What is it? It's wow.
1: coffee. It's I mean, coffee. It's cough medicine,
0: right? Yeah, but it's codeine inside of it, though. So I've it's never like, taken it's like liquid. It's like liquid uh, Vicodin. Think of that. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: is that what it feels yeah. like? So just
0: go numb. Promethazine. Mm. So it's liquid. <laughs> Adam's an expert. Of it. Oh, I've, I've had it. It's the fucking chemical no, it's, structure. It's fucking awesome. Sounds tasty. You know, it's like, yeah. So you take a you take. A, here, this is so bad. I'm going to tell people. You this, <laughs> just keep it Is a real, it an opiate? Just keep it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an opiate. Oh, so there so, you
1: go, kids. Opiates, worst drugs to fuck with. Well, I just gotta give them that. Hundred percent.
0: No, the most addictive for sure. You know, and I've definitely shared. I shared my my addiction on on the show before, and just what how miserable that was coming off of that. That was one of the worst things ever in my life. Yeah. Good, but good you, on you, man. We used to, to take the promethazine, which is the purple drink right or the cough syrup, and you you pour it in with sprite so ice sprite, and then a jolly rancher and then you and you would just drink it. so that's what and little Wayne was known for this. Walking around with a red cup all the time, and that was what was poured inside. the How cup. can you be social like that? I feel like you just be like, Bleh. well, it, it affects different. It affects people differently. Like you know, it's it,
1: true because opiates for me, I feel t- I feel like I want to throw yeah, up. Yeah, you know, Katrina, Katrina
0: and I used to talk about this all the time because you know it's my it's in my gene for my family. Like I I have like seven family members that are that are prescribed prescription drugs like this, and a handful of them have uh, been addicted and been in rehab over it. But then my family. No one's a drinker. Like nobody, uh, yeah. dr- and I don't drink. I hate, it. alcohol does not sit well with me. But then you look at like Katrina's family and like everybody drinks and she yeah. can get, like she can get, Blasted, bro! Mm. Like drink fifteen drinks and just all she'll do is pass she out. She feels
1: and she feels okay. The yeah, next she'll day. pass
0: out and then she'll wake up the next day and be okay. And I'm just yeah. like, what? I'm ready to run. Like I have that many drinks, I'm throwing my brains out and I'm hungover for two days.
1: So, so right. check this out. Right, ready for this? Because you know we're in the middle of an opiate epidemic, or also in the middle of a of a methamphetamine epidemic. Both of which are fueled by prescription. Yeah, like yeah. These are the drugs. two big yeah, drugs now. Yeah, but so check this like, out. All in Florida. Of all of the drug related deaths in America. In 2016, two thirds of them were from opiates. Wow!
3: Oh, wow! Two
1: thirds of them. Wow! So we're talking like 40,000 people a year, or something insane like that. It's crazy. Now check this out: the overdose drug death rate increased overall over the from uh, 2016 by 21 percent. Opiate-related overdose deaths raised increased by 10 percent. Heroin by 19 percent. Cocaine by fifty two percent. Wow, look at that! Whoa! And hey, the oh, psycho stimulat— psycho- blows your cocaine theory out they're there. Well, you know what the, though? The fifty two percent resurgence. Fifty two, exactly. Fifty two percent of a small percentage is not that much. Ten percent of a big number, because opiate related deaths have been high now right, for a right, while. Right, right. And there's there's states that are literally engulfed in this opiate epidemic. Mm. It's, got, it's one of the nastiest ones that I've researched in terms of withdrawal, going yeah. off. Like alcohol is terrible to go off, and then opiates apparently is like one of the worst ones. Oh, to go it's off. it's like nothing. I, I mean, yeah, I've I've like
0: tried. I've tried damn near. Almost. I mean, there's a, there's just a handful of drugs I haven't fucked with. I've never fucked with like heroin or anything crazy like that. But I've, I've never took flaca. What is flaca? <laughs> you
1: guys don't know what that is? <laughs> Waka flaca. Have you heard of this shit? No. Oh, don't look is it that up. The on, one where you get like
3: turned into a zombie. Yeah, don't look it up. Oh, on bath salts. Don't look like it up basalt, on YouTube. Right? If so, you
1: look it up on YouTube, you will have nightmares. Is I, it the basalt I thing? I promise you'll have nightmares, <laughs> bro. These people look I, scary. I
3: it's like the one where the guy jumps out the windshield. Yeah,
1: that's right? the basalt bro, thing, bro. There was it? this. There was a security camera the, the, uh, on this parking lot, and this woman, she's like, "This man came out of nowhere and and ran through my back window and tried to kill me." And so they like didn't believe her. So then you see the video of it, and she's literally. Getting in her minivan, trying to leave, and a naked dude from across the parking lot <laughs> runs full speed oh and dives in her back window. She oh, takes off, and he falls out. Yeah. Then there's another one where there's this 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 man who's making these weird animal noises, and he's crawling around, and he's naked, and he's like <laughs> Then there was a story of a dude who was eating another person's face and body. Yeah. yeah. It's called that was, that was all the Florida stuff. That was the bath yeah. salts thing. Yeah. 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 No, I remember
0: that. I it's remember terrible. when that was going on. But yeah, the opiate withdrawal is no. To be one of the worst. Is, there's there's nothing that I've ever experienced uh, like that. I mean, even going through what I just went through with the testosterone thing, like definitely that was a, a rough time for me. Definitely felt like this mild depression, uh, lost motivation. But at least I could sleep. Like you go, you get addicted to opiates. And your skin crawls, bro. Like, you you trying to sleep at night, like, you're hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, sweating your ass Is off. It, does
1: it feel like free. you have the flu all the time?
0: Yes. It feels like you have the uh. flu, you have the shakes, and you can't sleep. And how long does that last? Dude, it could last a long, like, it could last weeks, dude. Oh. Yeah, weeks. That's I, I didn't even, remember, I, I think, I have i don't know if I've shared how many I got. So, the most I ever got up to was nine in a day. Back it in? Or, of the, or? Yeah, the double-strength nor- Norco's. So, is that
1: a law compared to how much people, when people use it and abuse it, is that considered a law? No, not at all. Really? Oh,
0: dude, I had, it. so I'll tell a story about someone close to me, but I won't say who it is because I, I don't think he would appreciate me ever sharing the story and who who he is. But, uh, you know, and I, I, we've uh, we've all shared like our own, like, uh, you know, stories of, man, I knew it was a problem with this. Because of course, like anything else, it starts off as like, a, it started off for me as a thing where... You know, we someone introduced it to me when I was in my early twenties, as because I wasn't a drinker, but I was twenty-something years old, and we'd go out every Friday night, and that was like, you know, I was a trainer, I was into health and fitness, but I wasn't into really drinking, but I wanted to go out with everybody, have a good time. So I remember a buddy of mine goes like, "Dude, you ever take a Vicodin?" Like I'm like, "Vicodin? No, that's to make me sleepy." this. "He's like, no, 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 take one and have like one beer." And I'm like, really? You just says you're not supposed to drink alcohol with stuff <laughs> of so yeah. that. He's like, just try it. It's like the Johnny Cash You'll be formula. For, oh, so I did. And I was like, it gave me this feeling of being drunk without having to drink a bunch of beers. And so then it became- this, so Did you
1: feel like social? And all yeah. Kind
0: of oh, yeah, yeah. So then it became this thing that, okay, well, you know, on the occasional weekend when I go out, it was something that my buddy always had him. And so he'd throw me one. It was like, oh, no big deal. And so that's how it was for me for much of my early mid twenties. wasn't I wasn't somebody who needed it or took it a lot or anything like that at all. But what had happened because I recreationally used it like that, and then when I got injured and I had to take it for my knee,
1: and I've got a big supply of it. Yeah,
0: and now I have a and I have a bunch of it. And then what I noticed was that like because I was in so much pain that it it wasn't like really doing much work. And so then they prescribed me the double strength, and so then I get these double strength ones. And then I remember like, you know, trying to be conservative with it. I would take it and then I'd wait till I'm in pain again. Then I'd take another one. And I remember telling my doctor like, man, I'm still in a lot of pain. And she's like, well, how are you taking your, your meds? And I'm like, well, you know, I try and wait till I, I don't I don't take it until I have to. And she's like, oh, no, you need to stay ahead of the pain. She Terrible goes, advice. I know, right? So I go, oh, okay. So that was all I needed was to give me the green yeah. light that have more, right? So then i went from having like four in a day because it's every four hours it's on the prescription Mm -hmm. bottles you're supposed to take one of these so then i was so at that time i'm taking about four of them in the day well now because i get the green light from my doctor that go ahead and take them stay ahead of the pain now i'm like you know i'm taking one and then hour two later take another one Mm -hmm. before you know it that's starting to ramp up to where i'm taking five six seven eight and then i'm on nine and you know i'm going through my prescriptions and i go probably a couple months of doing this before, you know, I'm starting to get healed from the ACL MCL and now I'm healed and I don't know anything about this. At this at time. I'm still naive to, you know, opiate addiction or that's a lot or not a lot. I, it's being prescribed to me. I'm taking yeah, it's a, it. It's my doctor gave it. To right, me. right. I'm that's not even, the, yeah. I'm not even questioning it right now. Right. And so then I, I feel good. I'm back to starting to train again. So I'm rehabbing now. The pain really isn't there. So I just stopped taking them. Just completely I'm done taking them now. I don't need to take these anymore. After that next prescription was over, I didn't even refill it and I was done. And the next day I had like the most miserable like flu. And I remembered that I had like one left in my in my cabinet. I'm like, and I didn't sleep that whole first night. And I was just like, fuck, just come down. Like I'm shitting myself, so you get diarrhea too. So I get like have diarrhea going on. So you think you're sick. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm almost certain that I have the flu. And so, and and at this point, I feel so miserable that I just want to sleep. So I'm like, oh, you know what? That Vicodin will help me relax and sleep. So I go in my cupboard, I get the last one, I take it, I chew it up, and I swallow it. And maybe 20 minutes later, all my symptoms go away. And not only do they go away, all of a sudden I have energy and I feel good. And I went, what the fuck? Mm. And right away, I go in my office and I start fucking like googling. Like if I get an addiction, this and that, and I just start reading like crazy, getting on forums and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm addicted to fucking, I'm addicted to something. I've never been addicted to anything in my life. Like I could feel the chemical addiction. Mm-hmm. And so luckily, again, I did my homework and then, so I go and I get another prescription and then I tapered down. I went from nine to six to five to four to three and I just kept slowly taking it off and it, but it was a process of probably almost two months of coming down before I could completely get off of it. But man, the feeling of... It was terrible. Oh, it was the most terrible feeling I've ever felt in my life. And I could see how somebody gets trapped in that.
1: It pisses me off to no end because doctors, you know, they're the people that we trust, that we're supposed yeah. to trust. We're supposed to do what they tell us and hear what they have to say. And if we have a question, they're the ones with the answers. And it makes me really fucking angry that it's it, it's the, the our, our medical system that has... A hundred percent they are responsible for this fucking epidemic of opiates and methamphetamines that you know that is starting to happen. And because if you're an adult and you go to the doctor and your doctor is like, "No, this is fine, you're you're totally fine doing this. i have I have a friend that is quitting smoking, went to the doctor like, "Hey, I'm trying to quit smoking. Oh, you know what? I got this uh, what did they put him on? Well, here, take this, this will help you quit smoking. That's a fucking, you know that's a that's a mind altering substance that is used for for certain types of depression. That when you go off completely, you can have all kinds of weird side effects. And this person told me, oh, I'm on Wellbutrin. I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, I don't know, you, you had depression or what's going on? Oh, no, no, to help me quit smoking. And so I'm like, oh, you know what it's going to be like to go off that? You got to be very careful. And I'm to- showing them, like, this is how you go off and make sure you t- you ask your your doctor how to go off of it properly. And they were pissed off because the doctor never had talked to them about this. They never They never understood that oh, yeah. the going off process is a process and then you've right. quit smoking which now and the, the reason why they were angry is like well i'm quitting smoking which sucks after i'm done quitting smoking i got to go and quit something yeah, else you're
3: just replacing it yeah oh, yeah it's it's crazy when i
1: cut my can, when i I've, I've cut my cannabis use down to you know i was using it cuz i in, initially started using cannabis for my for my gut and it really did help uh, and by the way new studies have come out to show how cannabis actually helps the gut and they think it's due to some people having what's called an endocannabinoid uh, deficiency. I actually talked about this a long time ago. I was speculating that this may be the issue. And, and in fact, that's what they're finding. They found this in mice where some mice produce less of these endocannabinoids. And so they have more more gut inflammation. That is a very important part of the process of regulating inflammation because the gut is very interesting. It's, it's full of bacteria, full of things from the outside world because you're eating things. And yet it doesn't get all inflamed and crazy because it's very intelligent and knows when to do that, but sometimes it goes off, cannabinoids help. So I, that's when I started using cannabis regularly because it helped with my gut issues. But then my gut started getting better, and you know, it took me a long time to really be honest with myself and say, "Okay, am I really using this on a nightly basis because of my gut issues, or is it because I like cannabis? So I went from using it every night to using it you know once or twice a week. And But the first two weeks, I u- didn't use it at all. I'm just like, I'm going to see what happens. Go cold turkey. And I went through withdrawal. Nothing like opiate withdrawal. Nothing like cigarette. You know, nothing. But I was so mad that I had some withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, there and was there, a
3: little dependency there.
1: It, was, it made me angry that I allowed myself to do that. And it, my withdrawal symptoms were literally just not sleeping quite as well. I had really vivid dreams and I felt a little bit. Uh, edgy, a little bit irritated for about two weeks. Not a big deal. Uh, yeah.
0: Irritability is crazy. You know, you asked me if that was like normal for somebody and I was, I'm on the lower end. Like I, in fact, every, yeah,
1: didn't you tell me someone was taking like 30, 40, 30 50? to 50, oh my God. 30 day? to
0: 50 or all my other friends that I, and family that I know that have been addicted to it were up to 30 to 50. I tell you, I was going to tell you the story about somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and we and we all, cause we'd all shared like, you know, well, how did you know when you were addicted to him? Because it, you know, tends to creep up on everybody before they realize that they are right. Everyone's in denial forever. And, uh, I remember him telling me, he's like, he's like, dude, Adam, I remember when it really dawned on me. And he goes, one time he goes, I had, I had thrown 30 of them in my mouth and and you chew them up. So it hits your, hits your bloodstream faster. Right. So he's chew He chews them all up and he and he swallows them and he says when he did that it was so much at at one time that his stomach rejected it and he threw it all up and he says without any hesitation he went down and he scooped it up off the ground and ate it back again oh man Ugh and he goes you know cuz there was no hesitation cuz right away you're thinking as somebody who Like, oh th- shit
1: the, I'm not going to lose the I'm th- going to lose the pills yeah that's a
0: lot of money There's yeah. a lot of money in pills that you just threw up there's no way you're wasting all that and letting it go on the ground and so he picks it back up and puts it back in his mouth and I thought like, <laughs> damn that's when you know you're yeah, like that's a low point so but i mean i had and what ends up happening is guys get to 30 to 50 and then you end up you you play this justification game where you go well, fuck, I'm taking 30, 50. This is bad for my liver. This is too much. So what I should do is get on something like Oxycontin, which is fucking four times as strong, but I can take, I'll take half, the quarter of the pills.
1: Yeah, because a lot um, of these people progress to heroin, heroin, right? Well, this, yeah, it's it's intravenous. this is how this happens. So yeah. then you go
0: from there and you go to Oxycontin's and you start taking two to four of those every day, which fucking puts you in a coma. And then your body adapts to that. And then you're taking 10 of those. And then you go like, okay, I'm taking 10 pills that the black market sells for $20 to $50 a pill depending on the strength level you have. Holy shit. Like this is getting expensive and it's bad for my liver. Holy fuck. I never thought I would stick a needle in myself, but it actually is healthier for me now to stick a needle in myself. You start to rationalize it. Yeah, you start to rationalize it. You start to go, and it's cheaper. You go, it's cheaper and it's better for me just to do that like fuck, I guess I will, you know, and that's, that's how, because I guarantee you 90% of the people that inject heroin and I, and I've talked to guys that have got to this point point, they and I, cause I go like, man, I just can never imagine doing that. Sticking a needle in yourself. Injecting to, some dirty shit. Yeah. Your to do that. But they're like, it, it never starts like that. You don't go like from never doing any drug to like, you know what? Let's fucking do some heroin tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it starts off with the opiate addiction and then that gets so out of control that you keep ramping that up, and before long, you're spending so much money and you're taking so many pills that you start, like you said, rationalize it that, well, shit, it's it's almost healthier for me to fucking shoot it into my body. Well, instead.
1: the bo- the body adapts, and it's it's crazy because you know, I, I, like like the like the methamphetamine type ones, right, like Ritalin and Adderall and all that stuff. You know, if I I've done that before, I've taken a a five or ten milligram pill of, of Ritalin. 10 milligrams for me, and I'm, I'm on fire. And I've used it maybe a grand total of four times in my entire life just from, you know, whatever. And what's funny is I'm like, wow, that's really strong. I'm really, so then I go do my research, and you read that. That's a children's prescription yeah. amount. like and, and parents are giving their like kids- more than
3: half of, of a human.
1: Parents are giving their kids- The kids are working up. Some of these kids are working up to 40 milligrams Adderall at higher doses. And I'm like, what the fuck? They're giving kids- yeah. more than what I did and I felt like I was but it makes sense if you take if I took 10 milligrams of Ritalin every day within a couple weeks right I would
0: need 20 and that's exactly how it happens yeah. it's not like it's you know some parent is like hey here's fucking 40 milligrams right away it's you start with a low yeah, dose you start so with two it,
1: five and then you work your way up
0: and then eventually and on that side of the drug that's where guys end up going over to crystal meth and speed things mm-hmm. like that because Eventually, you end up taking so many of those pills that well, you start to you start to rationalize so that. I may I as well have, smoke the crack because I if I want that mm-hmm. same feeling, it's cheaper
1: and it's less dangerous on my liver because I'm not taking 40 pills. Well, now. so we have a friend. I have a friend who is a doctor, and he you know was on Adderall through high school um, and then college and then medical school. And he was saying, you know, medical school that's 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 what everybody's using or whatever. But then he got real honest with himself afterwards and he's like, okay, I need to take myself off. And he was so terrified that the real him wouldn't be perform, a, right? wouldn't be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this is the problem with the methamphetamines is that these kids are on them at such young age, such young ages, that the dependence is not just physical Right. It's also a very strong emotional, uh, you know. It's all intertwined with their performance. They, I mean, think about feel. that. It'd be like being an athlete. It's like you're a high school athlete that's on steroids. Then you go to college, you're on steroids. Then you go to the pros, you're on steroids. And then they're like, we're going to drug and test everybody all the time. And you're worried like, oh, you know, who yeah. am I without? Oh, shit. Yeah, who am I going to be without the steroids? Right. So he was really afraid and it took him a year to get off of them and to kind of normalize his body and whatever, and he's like, oh, it was a very difficult, to- he had to take a shit ton of other types of stimulus to make up for the difference and then get off of those. and. It's 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 a uh, it's a bit crazy, man. Well,
0: on this on this note of you know two thirds of the nation dying from opiate addiction and stuff like that, I think uh, it's a good time to mention our sponsor, Health IQ, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and well, life insurance. You know what? If you're gonna be it's crazy and take way. all this shit, maybe you should fucking head. look yeah. out for your family. Well, you know what we we, get a, we <laughs> so got we got a lot of we got that. a lot of
1: messages from people who've now switched gotten life insurance and really happy with their rates, uh, but uh, a lot of people don't really know how life insurance really works. I'm getting a lot of questions from, and I know Doug is an expert in the field. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you can kind of explain. Enlighten us, Doug. Yeah, because I'm getting a lot of
2: these 20-something, 30-something-year-old people who are like, okay, how does this work? And I can't answer the questions for them. Well, I first want to say that it's not that expensive to get life insurance. So, for example, I just ran some numbers for Adam, who is 37. Is that right, Adam? Yeah. Okay. So for a million-dollar policy for a 20-year-term policy... Only around $500 a year. A year. Oh, a wow. year. Oh, so it's right. super cheap. Yeah, it's and a million dollar it.
1: policy means if
2: he dies. Yeah. Right. So this is a million million 20 term yeah, policy. <laughs> so for 20 years. So say you bought it today, 20 years from now, if you were to die at any point during that time, your heirs would get a million dollars. Yeah. Mm. So this is super dirt cheap. If you consider it, you know, what you pay for car insurance, what you pay for health insurance, that type of thing. If,
1: right. Hey, Doug, if, if, if does that get taxed? That's a question I've got. to. That's another
2: thing. It does not get taxed. So it's a million dollars It's a million dollars tax-free. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. Exactly. I didn't know that's that. That's 41 bucks a month. Yeah, super cheap. Yeah. So where else can you leave a million dollars for the people you love immediately? Say now, you were yeah. getting hit by a bus today. And tax You would get uh, immediately, now, your family would get that
0: money. Now, Doug, explain how that works for the insurance company. Is the whole ter- idea of the term policy, and I thought I heard you say this, that they're betting that you... You live. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: they we go. So pay- <laughs> it's a the reason it's so cheap is because most people will never collect. The insurance company's betting that you're gonna live beyond the twenty year term. Mm. And that's why they check your health. And for example, health IQ really focuses on how healthy you are. Right. And that's why you can get such low rates because they're betting that you're gonna live out that living. you're never going to collect. So yeah. it, now is there is it only a twenty year term or can I do a thirty or you a forty year term? Typically, 30-year is the limit. Okay. I mean, you can go down to 10-year term, 15-year, 20, 30. Those are the typical Mm -hmm. uh, terms. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the longer the term, the more expensive it will be. Of course. So if you're looking at a 30-year term, obviously, you're going to be much older at that time. By the time you could possibly collect, uh, your likelihood of collecting at that time is up because you're, you are older. Yeah. And so you're probably looking at a doubling of your rates, you know, for the the 30 year over the 20 year. Yeah. Um, another still is not
1: bad. No, it's $80 a month. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, it's not bad at all. Another factor is of course your age when you start this thing. So you're 37. However, if you started at 27, your rates would have been substantially less because after 20 years, if it's a 20 year term policy, Mm -hmm. If you're twenty seven years old, then you're forty seven by the time that term ends. Right. But in your case, if you're thirty seven, you'll be fifty seven. Yeah. Fifty seven. Yeah. So
1: I mean the whole point is to is is, is, a, is it's to an live. emergency. Yeah. Well, in no, well, emergency, <laughs> obviously, obviously your family would rather, The whole point is to live. Try and you know, outlive you your term. You want them to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you do want the them to the the yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At
0: the
3: yeah. end you're, of the day, you want worth your more. family to yeah. make yeah. some money off your death.
0: Yeah. You're you know worth
1: I mean? more than a million dollars to yeah. the people who care about you, obviously. You're worth more like a million and fifty or something like that. But just kidding. But no, I mean, that's literally because, you know, I have a policy and my money, the money that, you know, if I died goes to my kids. Because the way I think about I'm their their caretaker. And you know, God forbid something happened to me in the next twenty years. I mean, that may put them in a bad situation, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the whole point of it is you want yeah. it because how you know this is an interesting statistic. I don't know if you guys have ever looked this up. People who you know, when you have families, when when the bread when the breadwinner dies, what happens to their families is terrible in terms of poverty and some of the issues that tend to happen because they lose that person who's yeah. able to take care of them. So it's a very smart, important thing to do.
2: Yeah, yeah. and these numbers I ran here we through a company I've worked with in the past. I've compared this to health IQ numbers and I think my rates are a little high, comparatively speaking. Oh, wow. So I think you could even get it for less. Good. There you go. Speaking of health, so there was this article that was
1: making the rounds that I was getting tagged on and people were sending it to me left and right. And the title of the articles will say something like, ketogenic risks, mm. low carb, high fat diets may make diabetes more likely, more likely, right, more so may actually likely. may actually give you diabetes, so- well,
0: I could see the spin on that easily because. You know, and we talk about this—the situation that Justin's going through right now. Uh, You know, because you you, come out of it. Yeah, because I think that you. I'm sure Sal's going to rattle this off in a minute, but there's probably a very high statistic to how many people stick to a restricted Mm. diet like this forever, Mm -hmm. and so the coming off part is probably where the high risk comes from. Uh, Right? It's
1: it's actually even it's actually even better than that. So you read that title, and this is this is what I this is what I really fucking hate about. Uh, you know, m- media. Media is super sensationalist. Mm. So that's what they put out. And people okay. read it. Nobody look, does their research. Nobody digs deeper to see what's going on. So yeah. everybody reads this and I'm getting all these messages like, oh my God, keto is bad. No. Is that the one that uh, Lane shared? Um, no. Oh, okay. I hope I thought, not. I thought Lane shared something. I hope not because he's smarter than that. So dig a little deeper. So my friend Max Lugavere dug deeper and he did a story on this and I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I was cracking up. So I went and looked it up myself. First off, it was a rat study. So they did this on mice. And they fed the mice a very, very high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet. And yes, the rats that ate the high-fat diet did have uh, higher you know, uh, markers for diabetes and issues. Now let's dig a little deeper. What was the fat that they were consuming? Well, they were fed this rat-mouse-chow food that they were given. Well, what's that made up of? Yeah, It's- Almost entirely made up of uh, hydrogenated vegetable oils. Um, so they okay. were feeding the rats okay. <laughs> a ketogenic diet that was made up of vegetable oils? highly processed, uh. like hydrogenated, you know, soybean oil or corn oil or you know, whatever safflower or whatever. The worst, pure garbage, yeah. shit that we know for sure already is bad for you. That's just, just a great example of how shitty articles can be or titles there. Mm-hmm. You read that and you're like, oh, no, this keto diet that I'm doing to help me lower my risk of diabetes may right. actually, well, no, it's, it's fine. Nobody ever said eat shit. And that's, by the way, uh, speaking of Lane, I, that's a nice little, you know, that macros aren't all that's cracked up to me. Be because, of course, if you do a keto diet with a high fat, but it's mostly hydrogenated Fats, yeah. not healthy.
3: Not going to have the best result.
1: You do it with the natural fats, the natural fats like you know olive oil, things in their natural state, coconut oil, animal fats, uh, you know from from high quality sources, lowers your risk of diabetes. So so how you, of how course, you like? Of course, dude. So crazy <laughs>
3: shenanigans, dude.
0: I read an article today that blew my mind. I actually heard it on the radio first, and then I like, I got to research this and look into this more. So this PhD student over in Singapore has invented chopsticks. That actually. They already
1: existed. Oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. chopsticks. No, I'm not making no. a joke. Oh, Sorry. Chop, yeah, dad chop, joke. Yeah, <laughs> bad, bad, dad <laughs> joke and bad Tell timing. Tell me, Justin. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> you confused him yeah, too. Yeah, because you jumped in <laughs> so
3: quickly there. Right? It. Yeah, Yeah. That one didn't work. Yeah. So these
0: chopsticks actually uh, stimulate the tongue. So they shock the tongue to stimulate flavor. So you can take bland food. And get, and, and they've, and he did, it's fucking amazing, bro. I'll have du I'll send Boy. it over so Doug can pull this up. So it, it sends electrodes. That might make me want to eat less. So you literally have, like, it has like a little spark, like a little charge Well, to think, it. think about this. Okay. When we, when we <laughs> bite into something, our tongue is what tells us sweet, sour, bitter, salty. Mm-hmm. Right. We know this. Yeah. So he's hijacking that through an electric electrical sl- impulse. Yes. Uh. And he's, he's been able to formulate it to replace salt. So things that are really, and he's doing this How with like weird. sushi and sodium, really high sodium foods. And so th- that's where he started this. Are you looking it up right now, Doug? Yes. They yes. can make food tastier. So and there, But does it hurt? No, no, mm. no, 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 no. no. It's so not you don't like, get shocked. Yeah, shocked. I mean, I, I'm saying well, that people are probably thinking you get, sh- no, you don't get shocked. And that's not what makes you not eat the goddamn thing because it's fucking shocking your tongue all it does is send electrodes through that through this chopstick and it gives you the sensation of it being. So you salty. actually perceive it to be more salty. One hundred percent.
1: Whoa! <laughs> and it can have no salt in it. Whoa! <laughs> what if they get? What if they get? Like, Dude, super advanced with this. They're working on. And then s- you could just taste what you could program. Bro, chopsticks. That's what I want. I want this. That's what this. Like pizza. That's what
0: this article what? talks about is that this is the front end of it, and that the future of it is that they haven't hacked into sweet yet. He says sweet is one of the hardest ones. Oh uh, yeah. But they've been able to do bitter. They've been able to do salt. And it, it's working unbelievably for people, so that was the reason why it was created for all the people that have high risk with with high high salt.
1: Oh to, my God! This if this they get hacking this, into the bro, feedback. you know how brilliant this is. Well, like, if this case, if they get, get this whole, right,
0: dude, you could eat whole bland foods and like. Could you imagine eating something and and be able to? Trick your brain into thinking that it's a right. much higher, but then not have to get the calories from it. Now, well, here's where's the, the
3: concern, yeah, as far as like doing that too frequently and how your body's gonna start to kind of maybe down. I don't know
1: you're not ingesting it, yeah. Well, I could see the benefits, but I could also see potential problems. Like, what if, well, you make something super highly palatable, you still over consume it, so there's always that problem. Yeah. It's better for you, mm. but you know, if you sit down and eat, you know, five chicken breasts in a row. You know, because it's like, it's shocking. You're like, oh my God, it's pizza. It's nachos, so you know what I'm saying? You know? It still might cause yourself some problems. What the hell? Knowing how people are, especially Americans. I want to know how
3: somebody figured this out. They stick their tongue in a light socket or what?
0: I think it's I think it's
3: incredibly brilliant. Mm. And I could see it- tastes it,
0: like I could see it. I could see it doing some really, really cool things, man. I mean, just-
1: even
3: even if you imagine, I mean,
0: that's,
1: like, I mean, it is brilliant. If they can yeah, get that, no, really, that's
3: that's crazy, man. That's mind blowing.
1: Well, restaurants will go out of business because then I'll just open a restaurant with shitty food and be like, we, <laughs> have, we have the best technology yeah, of all yeah. of all restaurants. But Every bite is the best. Bite.
3: Chopsticks are
1: relevant now. I, I
0: imagine though, if someone could, you know, you serve you with this this whole foods that isn't drowned in oils and butters and salts and so like that to make it taste good, and you could eat it bland like that, but then it gives you the sensation that it is full of flavor and salty and sweet or whatever. Well,
1: so this opens a Pandora's box. Like, what if you could trick – I'm not – what if? At some point, I'm sure we'll be able to figure this out. we will. Where you could trick your senses for anything. Yeah. Where you could literally trick yourself into, like – Oh, my partner's kind of boring now. Let me do this. Oh, I like him again. Or you know, yeah. like, oh, I hate this job. Oh, I love my job. Like you could totally <laughs> Just shock your partner. Yeah, you could totally uh, you know hijack your wow, body. I'm horny, making you do the things that you think you should do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Here's the thing about nutrition that I've I've communicated many in exercise. I've communicated many many times. One of the biggest hurdles that people have with exercise and nutrition is they get so focused on the goal. That that becomes the the that becomes everything. That's the be all end all, and one thing that you end up learning when you do this long enough is that the goal is nothing. It's the journey. It's learning the whole process. Learning to enjoy these natural foods be, because of what they provide your body. Learning to enjoy exercise for the sake of exercising. Mm-hmm. It's like going to. It's almost like. It's like somebody who meditates on the top of a mountain for thirty years and achieves enlightenment, and then you got a guy taking psychedelics who's like, "Oh, I saw God too." And the guy's, and maybe they both saw the same thing, but what about that thirty-year journey and everything that was learned in that process? Yeah, that's
0: i I mean, the, the great book on that, "The Alchemist." I mean, that's what that's all about. I think is every, it really? yeah, I think every part of our life is like that. Think how many people spend their whole life, you know, wanting to reach a financial goal, you know, and then just to find out that the real fun and the real learning and the real great part of that goal was the process to get there. Yeah. And a lot of times people, I mean, somebody asked me a question just recently on my, I did a story and they said like, how awesome is your life right now? I said, man, it's fucking great, dude. I said, I, I, I'm with my dream girl. I drive my dream car. I'm with my dream job, with my dream partners. And I said, but I don't live in my dream house. I said, so I'm filled with gratitude, but I'm extremely focused and driven. So, and I think that, that's just it is that you know there's nothing wrong with setting goals there's nothing wrong with being driven and focused towards something but at the same time too I think you have to pause and 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 realize and be present that mm-hmm. this is where the magic really is and all this. I mean, we had a, a thing. We all just posted a throwback Thursday picture on all of our Instagram cuz Doug sent over mm. some photos of the original. God, how fun
1: was it looking at those? No, it is. Yeah. It's like
0: it's not even that long ago. Dude, it's just 4 I years.
1: have never experienced this in my entire life. I've done and I've always done what I've loved. So it's like I've never done a job. I mean, besides the the odd ones when I was a kid, but for most of my career I've done what I've loved cuz I've been in fitness but I've never experienced time move so quickly in my entire life with work. Like three, we've been working together now, what, three years, Doug? Is it three, three and, three, half. Three and oh, a half yeah. years. And when I look at the old pictures, it, I can, I can see it's been a long time. Like, oh shit. Remember the old place and Doug's living room and look at that. And remember when Adam was competing. But if, Flew by yeah, so fast, done a dude. lot of shit. And simultaneously, because simulta- I've only known you guys, I've known Doug longer, but I've only known you, Adam, and you, Justin, for three and a half years. Yeah. I feel like I have also simultaneously known you guys for my whole life. It's right. very, very yeah. strange. No, that's for sure. Same it's a very same. interesting thing. I do want to comment, though. Adam, you posted the picture of you and I doing the predator thing. Yeah. Okay? And that, is, that, was, that was a time that I actually did dye my beard. And dye my hair. So I have this really dark black hair Uh. and dark black beard. And there was like six or seven comments from women who say... Sal's salt and pepper looks much better now. <laughs> they did.
0: I want. I do want. I want to concur here, right? They did. Uh, they did say that. But here's the thing, though: is I want to get a hold of that because your hair was a fucking mess then, so was your oh beard. So <laughs> wait, you uh, wanted him to just dye yes, the beard exactly. and keep the sauce? Yes, so I want the your salt and pepper. Look. Argument is a little skewed. It is skewed, and your hair looks terrible in that picture. Your hair's mu- done much better. <laughs> so whoever the supercuts person that's working there now the is way. Cuts. It's way better. That
1: than... was a, that was actually a salon. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. That was so a salon. they they I did it work. It was they, a the bowl yeah so you I so, don't so you know what though I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna throw something else at you so I did a store I did a bunch of stories for Christina Rice for her her Instagram page yeah mm-hmm. one of our favorite people right great podcast and she wanted me to do a story to answer some questions about resistance training because she has a large following of young women who she tells them you got to lift weights just lift weights watch out the, you know you don't need to do tons of cardio when you lift weights focus on strength they'll do circuits and the stuff that we communicate And some of her followers have been doing it and have been reporting back and saying, oh, my God, I'm getting great results. But then other followers are like, no, that's too good to be true. I don't think it works. So she's like, Sal, can you make an instant bunch of stories for me explaining why this works? And so I did. You know what some of her comments were? Hmm. How uh, how does he get his salt and pepper beard and uh, to look so perfect? And <laughs> I like. it so salt- She <laughs> sent it to me to show me. So fuck I you, wanna man. I want to see those.
0: I want to see those screenshots. So there you go. Uh, yeah. There you go, dude. Just let me get. Just let me get a hold of it for one time. That's all, dude. I'll just. That's fine. Let let me get a hold of it one time. That's I'll
1: a- do it only if. Only if we have like someone like Enzo record it because that would make like a great video. I would so of this, you styling okay, my beard. Okay, so bro, right? I'm not gonna do it. What I'm gonna do is I'm oh, gonna, I'm goodness. gonna
0: take you to my hairstylist. They do beards. Oh, my yes, God. she lines. But you, don't, you think this magical beard gets like this? by <laughs> me? no, bro. Someone asked me that too. They're magical. Like, yeah, they're yeah. like, how do you line your beard up? So I'm like, I don't fucking do it. I pay someone to do that. Yes. So and that's exactly what I'm gonna do with you. I'm gonna pay her to shape your beard, and then we're going to dye the beard.
3: But we're gonna leave the top. The top looks incredible, I think. Yeah. And it'll doesn't look, that look weird, salt and pepper no. and then black? Oh, you're gonna. Look You'll like see. that guy from Magic Mike, dude. You see, bro, dude, like a male stripper.
1: And that, yeah, yeah that, I, don't I, wanna, like. I don't know if I
0: want to. I don't know if I want to do that, like, dude. Just people got to trust me a little
1: bit on this
3: one.
0: <laughs> I like my, <laughs> I like, I like,
1: are, I like my wisdom to show. No, I like, I like, I like,
0: I like your salt and pepper. We don't want to get rid of it, dude. It looks good on you. It does look yeah. good on you. I'm not trying to do it. Just So it looks great on
3: Justin too? You guys yeah, have great. You guys have good salt and pepper. Mine's a little further along. Yeah. Your hair? Uh, the the grayness.
1: What about your beard? If you grow it out, do you have more than I do? You know, I'm probably, you probably
3: actually have more in your beard than I, really? I, I would, yeah. When was, I, curi- you, when was the last time you grew your beard out?
1: Um, your wife well, doesn't like it. That's yeah, I, I don't
3: get action. That's why you don't see it on me oh, very yeah. often. So I can see that. Sometimes She's I do, totally I do the it. beard. Yeah, I do the beard as like kind of a retaliation. Yeah, man. It's yeah, like <laughs> just, if you don't give it to me for a while. of resistance. That's it, the beard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go in my corner and just hang out and, you know, be a man and wear flannels and what, grow beard
1: what about the gray because you have almost no gray hairs i see a few no on your beard. it's coming yeah the beards uh, every time i go bed, yours fall my... out <laughs> 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 the, ah, the gray ones the gray uh, ones are just like fuck it i'm out of uh, here <laughs> ah, jump ship but do you guys have any gray chest hairs yeah
3: man uh, I got. I, a, I got like a white one that i found the other day was, just one but i get grays in there too me yeah, too it's like sparse what
1: about pubes Nope. Yep. I'm that's still, that's. Uh, still, I'm still it's, clear it's, there. It's progressed, bro. I've got a, I've I've had a. I've had at least three. Oh, at wow. least three now. And I that's when you know. You better get balls. that uh, life insurance policy. Bro, exactly. Yeah. That's when you know your body's like fuck it. Like it's yeah. got other more important like, things to listen, worry about. You're old. <laughs> I'm gonna show you. Because you know, your body, basically, the way I imagine is, you got this control room. Yeah. And there's like all these people working to keep your body in check, and they're like, okay, yeah, we yeah. got heart, uh, We gotta keep the heart healthy, liver, yeah. well, kidneys, make sure the bones stay strong. And then there's the list, and then know, there's like our resources, yeah. Right? And there's like yeah, hair spread color. the resources, yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. like in this, and they're like, oh, ah, yeah. fuck, we need to get divert you know more what? resources. <laughs> yeah. What can go like uh, eyesight? No, we need eyesight. Like yeah. okay, pubes, fuck it, yeah, nobody. Yeah. Hey, you on the pubes? Come we here. We need more pigment there. Yeah. So it's just my body's just giving up.
3: It's allocating resources
1: other places, right? That's what I'll die. I'll make sure I get the. Does your hairstylist do that? <laughs> yeah, we'll ask, we'll
3: ask her. <laughs> a little Brazilian.
1: So uh, uh, how coloring? much? How much for downstairs yeah. too? Right, right, right. I don't mind. You know what's funny though? I like gray chest. I like hairs. the Brazilian forest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you ever seen a dude like a like a? I, I've seen this a couple times. Kind of rare. At the pool, an older, fit, buff dude with gray hair and gray chest hairs. He just looks like a fucking... He looks like an alpha bear. You know what I mean? Like, look at that, dude. He's an <laughs> alpha bear. Yeah, like a champion. That
3: definitely sounds like, you know, like a, like a... You know, one of the guys like you got your bears, you got your like twinks. <laughs> did, and I, you did, got, I, yeah. did I fuck up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, alpha. Yeah, bear, I didn't mean it that way, but like I a it. tough, it's not like a tough gay guy. Yeah, yeah, that. that's <laughs> what I
1: mean. It's like a tough gay guy. Like, yeah. I think
3: a bear. Like
1: a gold chain. No, I you know, think a, a bear like, gay, I'll treat
3: you right. think in, in yeah, gay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come over here. Come on, I'm gonna buy you a drink. No, I don't think
1: that's what bear is. So I used to have the dude in the jacuzzi. So I used to have a client. Keep your mouth
3: aggressive. Yeah. Make sure you make sure you wear that little you know underwear. Like. Just bite your lip. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I paint, used the purple ones. I used to have. Oh, I like those grape
3: underwear. You got well, on. Almost I'm gonna slap you, silly.
1: Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> you guys need to relax. Oh, gray bear. Yeah. Be I, nice, gray bear. Yeah. I used to. I used to train. So I trained this dude. This uh, he was a gay guy. I became good friends with him, and he used to love telling me about all the lingo and stuff. And bears are over or big, overweight, hairy dudes. Not buffed, ripped, oh, I hairy see. dudes. No, yeah, so, they what, have to what do, be they, kinda, what do they
3: call the super muscular guys?
1: In? I don't know. I don't know. Oh. There's uh, there's a bunch of different twinks, bears, and then there's like, get an expert on There's here. a sparkle pony. I think that's another a sparkle? one. sparkle I think so. Sparkle pony. Wow, that's or maybe that's a that's maybe, fantastic. Maybe that's the girls at Burning Man. He was telling me all these different names. Well, Spar- we need. To, I know we we have we have a, we have a lot of gay
0: listeners. We got to have someone hook us oh, up. Yeah, with we the, do. With the There's list. a whole
1: list. All right, I want the you list. Know what I mean? Someone DM me yeah, the you list. You know what? It shows with me. the
3: definitions.
1: Yeah, I don't think lesbians have all. These I want names you know what I want. They? I want the list. I don't, so. I don't know. It's a good question. I want the
0: list from one of our listeners, and then I want What what each one of us? Sal, Doug myself what would be Chuck, what yeah, would we what, be called yeah what would we be if we if we were gay, gay guys oh, right. yeah where would we
1: fall in the categories? yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah hear make that. sure you dm that, that to adam. Be fun. Yeah, <laughs> definitely Some music. adam without dick pics yeah please. no no <laughs> more of those but it's 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 typical right it's a it's still a bunch of men this is what guys do we fucking yeah, label shit and make course. it and trivialize the hell out of it yeah it cracks me up. but yeah he used to tell me all the stuff and then he would tell me all the other terms like fuck all kinds of crazy she used to try and get me embarrassed this guy you guys yeah. ever a client like that tries to embarrass you with that kind of shit no. yeah this <laughs> no, motherfucker, no, that's man. funny though yeah. once they get comfortable with you yeah oh i had a, i had another client who i trained for a long time he was a, uh, you know i'm not going to say what position he had because he was he was a little bit private about it but i used to train this dude for i trained him for like two years super cool dude Hell, we fucking love the guy we were like good friends single he was single super good looking and fit as hell and and I remember, I, I used to think, I used to tell him, like, dude, why are you single, bro? You must, you just want to hook up with a bunch of chicks. Huh? And he, he kind of giggled, but he never said anything. Yeah. So then I would have like female clients that I thought were, you know, attractive or friends, and I try and set him up all the time, and it never, he was never interested. I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. We're about two years into our, our training or whatever, he's like, hey, I want you to train my my really really good friend. We're like really close, whatever. And this guy comes in, and then this this guy's like very outwardly gay, very talks about whatever. And I'm like, and I, then I start training him again. I'm like, is that, is that your boyfriend? He starts laughing. He goes, you didn't know. I've, he's like, I, I haven't told him. You, you never thought I was gay this whole time. I'm like, no. had no idea. Uh, yeah. Why don't you tell me? I thought we were close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not yeah. that yeah. close. Oh, come man, on, man. Not that close. What the fuck? Yeah. You know, anyway, <laughs> You're not on the inside. Hey, you yeah. got to give a, a
0: shout out to one of our other sponsors, Organifi. This is like the third time they've been sharing my story. I don't know what uh what It's because
1: do- you're doing your recipes. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, by the way, I will say this. I have been tagged now on several people who are making Organifi shakes, throwing egg yolks in them. Oh yeah, that's becoming a thing now. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, and I give you the credit. People ask oh, yeah. me that all the time. I have to explain. yourself on the back. I got to
3: explain, explain all that. They're like, I don't understand why you not throw the
0: whole. Someone's
1: egg? gonna get salmonella. I just want to say this right now. <laughs> I don't advocate sal
3: slinging the salmonella. Yeah, I
1: don't
0: advocate. Well, isn't that. it isn't
1: it less likely you're going to with just the yolks? It's and- actually pretty. It's pretty unlikely, but it, there's still a risk of it. So that's and that's why they say don't yeah, do like it. Yeah, like a one percent or whatever. Yeah, but it's, like, but well. you know what? I'm glad people are are taking advantage of. The athletic benefits and boost of of cholesterol. cholesterol yeah. Well,
0: it's a great. What I, what what I like about it is, you know, I talk all the time on the show about how hard it is for me to get my protein intake up, and so I, I already have to you know incorporate the shake, especially right now or what, what we're doing. So it's an easy way for me to boost protein, get some extra cholesterol after post workout. So it and it go and it actually I like the way it makes the shake frothier. Mm-hmm so it makes the shake i think taste better so mm-hmm. it's like fuck this is awesome
1: Dave, But i'm not just making this up by the way there's been several studies that have showed they actually took a group of older people and had them and divided them and had one group eat normal and another group eat 400 milligrams of cholesterol a day and another group eat 800 i believe milligrams and it, the the higher the cholesterol that they consumed the more strength and the more muscle they gained when they worked out Really, really low cholesterol is also correlated with, uh, you know, weakness, muscle weakness, mm, and loss mm-hmm. of muscle and, and strength. Lo- really, really low cholesterol actually has a higher uh, re- relationship to all cause mortality than Which you know so than crazy. above average. So cholesterol. crazy because
0: the message has been so different. Yeah, well. it, people don't realize it's completely it's, opposite. The
1: cholesterol molecule is a steroid. People don't yeah. know that it's an actual steroid, and it is the building block for. Hormones. Mm -hmm. It. It. That's. That's what your body will use many times. Make hormones. It's got very important functions in the body. If. If it didn't, your body wouldn't produce its own. This is what. This is why the human body is so interesting. If you consume a shit ton of cholesterol, your liver produces less of it typically, and that's why eating more cholesterol usually, not always, but usually, doesn't raise your total blood cholesterol. It's because your liver starts to regulate it, and the reason why our bodies do this is because it's. It's necessary. It's a necessary thing. it Has been demonized for so long, and the the FDA now says that cholesterol is no longer a nutrient of concern, but it hasn't made enough of a. I don't. I don't know why people aren't sharing that more. Yeah, because that was for a long. When I was growing up, you don't see
3: a lot of products in you know in the grocery store that's like highlighting the fact that and with you know X amount of cholesterol. like you know marketed.
1: That's because for what thirty years cholesterol was scared shitless of it. Super super demonized. And foods that were low in cholesterol were advertised as such, right? Right. So. Speaking of things that are bad for you, I think it was, was it Max
0: Lugavir that just shared something about the Cheerios, the article that just came out? On yeah, that?
1: they just they, they, they did a whole study on Cheerios and some other popular kid cereals and found uh, uh, glyphosate residues. Yes, that's what uh, I saw. Yeah. Okay, you did see that. Glyphosates wow. are the herbicides that, you know, like uh, Monsanto makes or, you know, Roundup mm. or whatever that just lost the lawsuit because the, the, yeah. the plaintiff said that it gave him cancer. Um, and the World Health Organization says is a probable carcinogen. Definitely has antibiotic properties in the body. So you consume this over long periods of time, and you, I, you know, the belief is it could disrupt your microbiome and cause leaky gut syndrome and autoimmune issues. Wasn't
3: stuff. Uh, wasn't like General Mills and and Cheers, weren't they trying to like start steering into like more organic uh, at least grains? Non GMO grains, yeah. and so that just happened. Yeah. They, well, they tested
1: it? Here's the problem and I'm gonna scare everybody, but about yeah. seventy percent of in rain, the rain, right? Seventy percent of yeah. rainwater will that you'll find in some studies will show we'll have glyphosate. Run off from soil. We've and been and all spraying that. so many millions and millions of tons of glyphosates on our crops. Worldwide, China is massive now with this as well, that this stuff goes up into the air and then it comes down as rain. So now you're eating organic food to avoid glyphosates, but guess what? You're getting a little bit of glyphosates on that as well. Or you're drinking organic milk, but guess what? Your grass-fed cow or or grass-fed meat, your cow has been eating grass that's been rained on with glyphosates. And it's really a fucked up situation. I, was, I don't remember who it was I was talking to. It might have been... Bush? Uh, Dr. Bush? Yeah, oh, it might have been Dr. Zach Bush. Zach Bush. He says if we stopped using glyphosates now, it would take over 100 years for that shit yeah. to, to clear out. But oh. th- it's so much is being used, and we're in such a situation where to, trans- to, to move away from them, you'd probably cause some food shortages and issues for people. So it's a, it's a weird predicament that we're in yeah. right yeah. now. We we'll sort of have right. to deal with it. Huh? Mm-hmm.
2: This Quaz brought to you by Organify. Organifi. All right, first question is from Carmen Alessa. What is your opinion on power napping? Is it beneficial? If so, how would you incorporate it?
1: Yeah, so, uh, Carmen, one of our, uh, our hardcore followers, she's like this ripped uh, weightlifter in Germany. I don't know if you guys ever looked at her profile. Yeah, anyway, really cool. She asked good questions. This is a great question. Now, power napping, here's the thing with power napping. If you can actually nap, because yeah. that's the big if, yeah. if you can actually nap tremendous benefits when they do studies on people who take, who are able to take a 20 to 40 minute nap. And that's what a nap is, by the way, usually typically anything longer than that, and you start to get into the deeper stages of sleep and waking up out of those, you actually come out of it much more drowsy. Have you guys ever experienced that? Where of course. You fall asleep in the middle of the day. Yeah, and if, like- you, if
3: you hit if you drop into REM and you break REM, yeah. dude, it's a fucking nightmare. Every you know? time I go too long, yeah. And then try and come back, it's like it super groggy or this is literally a fine line with that. It, it can only be so long.
0: Well, I think and that, I think that's the answer to this question because I tried this for a while. A matter of fact, I had a client who you ever seen that there's, a, there's people that do this where they don't ever sleep sleep like a full night they do they, they do these power naps all day long throughout oh, the day yeah, yeah, yeah. and she gave me this cd and you're supposed to listen to it and try to i try to do it for like, a, for like a few days i was like this is ridiculous i can't do this yeah. but I, the thing that i, I well, one isn't our REM sleep the most beneficial sleep that we get?
1: It's hard to say. That's what they say, but all of the stages have yeah. have an importance, you know, important role. In well, sleep. I know that it,
0: it takes the average person, I believe, about two hours before they drop in. Oh,
1: our, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, if you don't get into that at all, you're probably th- not a good so, idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, so that's my that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I think there there is benefits to it, especially if. You, know, you were lacking sleep the night before and then going and getting a power nap, I could see the value in it. But then I could also see easily because you're tired, you go do a power nap and that power nap of 20 minutes turns
3: into two hours.
0: You're
1: going to wake up. Isn't
3: it very similar to the effects you'd get from meditating at that point? If it's just like a power nap, no. it's only like 10 minutes.
1: No, it's not actually. It's it's So when they do studies on, on this and people will be tired and then they'll have them take a think a 30 minute nap, a, no, a 15 to 30 minute nap, mm. people wake up and they're- Like refreshed. Far more alert, uh, memory is much better. It's more effective than any stimulant that they compare it against. So like caffeine is, look, caffeine is great if you're tired and you need to wake up and become more alert and improve your memory and improve your performance, but a nap is even better. A nap is even, even more effective. The problem with napping is most people can't take a nap. Yeah, you know, how many people are like, yeah. "Oh my God, I'm so tired," and they'll lay down for 20 minutes, yeah. and they end up just laying there you, you with eyes closed. Get there, yeah. So what I what I started doing is I started recommending to my family and friends because I can do that. I can fall asleep whenever yes. I want.
0: You yeah. are the nap master, bro. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, you are the fucking master. You are just put him in a car. That's a weird superhero. Before though.
0: Napster was around, you were the Napster, bro, <laughs> for sure. You seriously? I can't, we were just talking about this off air the other day. Uh, I, I cannot. I was telling tell you this. I can't fucking believe this guy. Like we literally get on a plane. We're yeah. not even off the fucking tarmac yeah. yet, dude. And this dude is out.
1: Yeah, it's a superhero. I will
0: driving. I'll be driving. us fucking. We're not even out of the parking lot. We just run into the truck, dude. We get out of the parking lot. I look over to my fucking navigator. Hey, we're sleeping already asleep dude
1: Uh, isn't that great (sighs) what do they call it soldiers like being able to sleep like a soldier Uh, soldiers are able to sleep well that's what
3: i remember from uh i forget the the ceo's name for brain fm but like when we add him in here and he was getting ready before the podcast he was just like like literally he was sleeping and he was like on the ground, he was listening to, you know, uh, like I think they had like a specific napping, you know, song yep. that he was using, which I've actually used sometimes, which was great. It but works. That's yeah. what I was
1: just going to say. So uh, the people that I've told like, oh, take a nap, like Jessica, Jessica cannot take a nap. Like no matter how tired she is, if she tries to fall asleep in the middle of the day. Either she won't be able to, or she has to be so tired that she literally crashes out. Yeah. In which case, she's out for like two has hours. She used brain FM yet? That's what I was gonna say. Oh, I was gonna say if I that, give her brain FM, she can take a twenty that's, minute nap. That's the
0: only way I can. That and is it, the only way that I can because I do not have that crazy ninja ability that you have to just drop into it. Mm-hmm. I have like that, and that was why brain FM was such a game changer for me, and has been for anybody that has experienced this also. So if you're somebody, one, you are restless at night, you have a hard time sleeping, or two. You can't get into a nap, or or even have a hard time with meditating. So those three, and they do the focusing. So I mean, there's so many things on there that on that app that's so worth the fucking yeah. annual payment that you pay to have access to all of it, dude. It's fucking it's, powerful.
1: So I'm about to give you guys like the most gangster wakefulness hack ever of all times. Awakefulness. Wakefulness. Wakefulness hack. Oh, okay. uh, uh, hack. So check this out. So what you do, and I've done this several times. And you wake up like you're uh, fucking on fire, like amazing. So, what you do, take some caffeine, then put your brain FM on and take a nap. So, now the caffeine will kick in, right? Like in in pill form. Pill form. I don't give a fuck how you take it. I'll do it in pill form. 30 minutes into your nap, the caffeine will wake you up. Mm -hmm. You wake up, now you already have taken a nap. So, not only have you rested, but now you've got that caffeine kicking in. It helps kind of transition you out of it, bro. You wake up and you're like, now you got amazing. Be, now there's no, you got to time, yeah, time that. Yeah, yeah you got to time that. Don't take the caffeine. Wait 15 minutes, then take a nap. <laughs> <out your brain. laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah, and you're somebody fucked. who
0: I know that has to work pretty well with because you have the ability to drop right in. So if you're not using BrainFM, good luck with that because yeah. there's no way I could. I 100% whenever I've had to sit down or lay down to try and take a nap. If I'm not using some sort of a tool to Mm -hmm. help me fall asleep, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll toss and turn or lay there at least 20 to 30 minutes before I even fall asleep for 20 to 30 minutes. So for me, that that would just fuck me, but I haven't done it with brain FM. So I'm on, I'm
3: down for the Pepsi challenge. The clearest and sharpest I've ever been was when I did that and took a nap, came out of that with caffeine, but added like CBD, like that combo you showed me. Yes. Oh my God. I was like, I was on pure fire. It was like
1: clean pure fire like, yeah. coming out cbd's got an interesting uh was interesting effect with caffeine uh, theanine is another one that you can combine with caffeine that make it feel really smooth and yeah and awesome but it's a great little it's a great little hack to do is is to because you you, you still if you're really really sleepy and you have 20 to 30 minutes you want to be able to if you can fall asleep brain fm helps here's another little trick that i've taught clients that seems to help them so one of the reasons why I think I'm able to fall asleep so well is I've developed these techniques and habits that I do when I close my eyes that actually help me fall asleep. And I didn't realize it because I've been doing them since I was a kid. I, and by the way, do you guys know why I can take a nap so easily? Why? So when I was a kid, I used to get car sick really easy in the back of the car. Hmm. And my mom would tell me, just fall asleep, just try to take a nap. And I used to ha- I hate – there's nothing worse than feeling nauseous. I hate that feeling. So I learned how to be able to close my eyes in the back of the car and fall asleep. And one of the things that I would do is when I would close my eyes, I would literally focus on seeing the inside of my eyelids. I know that sounds mm-hmm. weird, but if you close your well, eyes and you look at the inside of your eyelids, you start to make out shapes and things mm-hmm. on the inside of your eyelids and you start to almost kind of trip out like a little, little bit. little geometric patterns and, and w- stuff. Yeah, and what it does is you're focusing on something rather than thinking about the outside world. Because the key to falling asleep in my opinion, is to forget that you're forget that you're you're awake. If you forget that you're awake, you fall asleep. And one of the ways you could do that is by meditating or focusing on something like the inside of your eyelids. Because the second I'm taken away by what's going on outside right now, or what are they saying right now as they're talking around, or I you know, got this
0: work to get done.
1: Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Right. So I'm just focusing on the inside of my eyelids, and I'm making out shapes and seeing what I can see, and and I, I got to keep pushing myself to get into it, and then boom, next thing I know, I'm
2: Snoring away, and I wake myself up because I snore. Next question is from Art of April. Why are there people who can eat a ton of junk food, never work out, and have an amazing body? Can you explain how this happens? Oh, this is—I mean, this is genetics, man.
0: This is why we also have people that are these superhuman freak bodybuilders that can be 300 pounds and 3% body fat and have massive muscle and eat 3,000 calories. I mean it's a combination of like when you see somebody like that I, I think of it's a combination of a lot of things one the they have an incredible digestive system uh, two their their body hangs on to muscle really well their body utilizes calories really good mm-hmm. I mean you can it have doesn't last forever though yeah you know you're mm-hmm. right I mean you you I think if you if you poison it long enough and you and you oh, yeah. and you you hammer it long enough that I think eventually the body will say f you mm-hmm. and but I mean I definitely think there's people that I have a a genetic advantage in these areas. But so what I used to always say to clients that would ask this, I'd say, well, you know, would you want that genetic advantage? Right. Right. I mean, because I there's something that like part of why like uh, sometimes it's weird. It's like sometimes I look at like, you know, my my stupid mistakes with the you know, getting the gynecomastia and then the, I have psoriasis. And so I've got all these fucking issues that I used to initially feel sorry for myself. And then I have, I have a flip look at it. Like I go, you know what though? Like I'm so ultra sensitive because of those things that when I stray off on the diet a little bit, or if I don't fuel my body the way it should be fueled, I have these things that like my body tells me I can sense it. I can feel it. I can see it. Which keeps me on track and keeps me fueling my body properly because I don't want that. I don't want my psoriasis to flare up. I don't want the gynecomastia to flare up. So it makes me change my diet or make sure that I'm lifting and doing exercise or makes me cut back on the marijuana. So... In, instead, would it be better that I didn't have any of those signals that told me, and I just then what what would happen then? Would yeah, I, then
1: the signal is a heart attack, right, or ex- diabetes? No, exactly. You yeah. know, and we used, How many times
0: did you guys train somebody who was uh, skinny fat? Right. Mm. I used to tell clients this too. Like you come in, and they'd be like they so down on themselves because they look fat, they feel fat. And I'm like, well, your body's expressing what you've been doing for a long time. You know what? It's better than the person that I got right before you who was 115 pounds and their body fat percentage was 3% higher than yours, mm-hmm. and they're 100 pounds lighter than you. Like that person has a lot of internal organ fats, fat around their liver, fat around their heart. That's way more stressful. That's way more scary. And the fact that they they look in the mirror and they think they're healthy because they're looking at themselves and they look skinny. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Is, Dude, it,
1: si- is it an advantage? You're right, I, I agree with you. A sizable, there's a sizable percentage. It's a minority, but it's sizable. And I think it's something like 20 or 30% it might even be higher. Percentage of people with uh, metabolic syndrome or um, diabetes are normal weight. Okay, so these are people that don't have—they're they're not overweight. They—they they appear to be normal weight or whatever, but they develop uh, diabetes. Same thing for heart attacks. Heart attacks. There's a sizable minority of people, and it's a large percentage of people who had normal measurements and normal weight or whatever who end up getting a heart attack. And believe it or not, I believe I read this somewhere, and maybe I'll get corrected if I'm wrong, they actually have a higher rate of dying from the heart attack than people who might actually be overweight. So, and I look at it the same way, Adam. Look, I had gut issues, you know, in, in my early 30s that were terrible that I have to contend with now. However, I would not, for sure, not be nearly as, uh, uh, you know, intelligent with my intuitive eating or uh, be able to communicate what I communicate on the show. Had I not gone through that and had this very visible, very obvious sign that was telling me you got to eat a particular way, if I had no signs, I would have never learned. Because initially, it's like I just want to get healthy, and then it's like constantly reminding me, and eventually, I start to get to this place where I really understand how to do things the right way—not just because I don't want my gut to go bad, but because now I'm making friends with it and I'm learning the the you know how to live in a different way. And so I've done I've said this to clients too. So I have some clients that get acne when they eat a particular mm-hmm. way. And I'm like, well, that's a very visible sign. Mm-hmm. you right. actually, you know, consider it a blessing right. that your body is telling you with something as benign as acne versus something that could be terrible like a really bad autoimmune disorder right. or disease. Right. Because that's what happens a lot of times. A lot of times you got people who they look here's the deal. You're you're you can get away with poor health only so long. And by the way, your aesthetics start to follow at some point anyway. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that I uh, used to work with in the gym, and this dude ate terribly. He worked out like shit and just always looked amazing. He always looked good. And I remember being angry and jealous, like, this fucker, has got such good genetics. He can do whatever he wants, and he's fucking buffed and ripped all the time, this, that, and the other. Well, guess what? The guy now is 40. I know him, and he looks like shit now. He never learned. Any of those habits, and it caught up with them. Yeah. And at some point, it caught up. Now, on the flip side, people who've had to work hard at it and learn it, now they've developed these habits, and now they're forty and fifty and whatever, and they're, they're, they look great. They're, they're aste- Maybe your aesthetics follows health. Health does not follow aesthetics. It doesn't go the way around. If you just focus on your aesthetics, many times your health doesn't follow it, and especially if you're only aesthetic focused, especially if it's all about how you look, because that tends to drive you to do things that are unhealthy. Starve yourself or overeat like I did. Take supplements or drugs that aren't healthy for you or get lots of you know, plastic surgery procedures or whatever and then just treat yourself terribly. And your health doesn't follow that. Your health tends, tends to get worse. Now, on the flip side, when you focus on your health, uh, the aesthetics start to follow, especially as you start to age. Especially as you start to age. Now, why do some people get away with this? Metabolism is a mysterious fucking thing. Hmm. It's probably the second most complex Thing in the universe that we've ever studied uh, second to the brain is the is the is animal metabolism it's a very strange thing we still haven't figured out quite how it works where one person can eat so much another person can eat so little and they have totally different effects you know why we can change the microbiome of someone to get leaner we just learned that recently that's fucking weird. Uh, you know, how can I speed up some? Here's another one that I, there's still debate around, which I can't wait till the, the science uh, proves that we're right. Why is it that I can speed up someone's metabolism by 800 calories a day and they only gain four pounds of muscle? It doesn't translate. Four pounds of muscle doesn't turn into 800 more calories a day. Why are they burning so many calories? We know the process of reverse dieting and strength training and all that stuff, but science still has yet to explain how the hell that person's burning so many more calories. This is why there's still this debate. You get these. Uh, these nutrition scientists are saying, "Oh, speeding up your metabolism and reverse dieting is a myth." And those of us who've worked with clients forever are, are like, "No, it pretty much works almost every single time." Right, right. It's just a very complex thing, and some people have—we don't quite know what's going on. I, 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 like to call people who stay really skinny and eat a lot of food—they have an inefficient metabolism. Now, that's an advantage today in in modern times, right? Today we have so much food. Uh, we're surrounded by so much food, uh, highly palatable food. We don't move that much. It's probably an advantage to have a metabolism that wastes calories. Isn't that funny?
0: It, it maybe maybe if it was thousands of years earlier. It would the, be a disadvantage. They would be the person that would die off first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> if your meta- metabolism wasting
1: calories And food is not available and oh shit for the next three months because it's winter and we're in a tribe and all we have is- You're going to freeze to death. Yeah, 500 calories a day that we could all eat. And starve, yeah. Yeah, the dude with the the metabolism who utilizes every single calorie as efficiently as possible- And lots of muscle, no body fat. is in a better- Well, I'm talking about the guy who has an efficient metabolism is going to survive. The guy who has an inefficient metabolism was just, for whatever reason, the metabolism is burning calories like crazy- they're not in a good situation. Yeah. Yeah. They're not in a good situation. I, no, I know people,
3: too, that, like, and they, they mention, like, not working out either. Like, I know some people that, like, just, they they look, like, normal. Like, they don't look, like, you know, like obese or, or fat or, like, they no. don't, they, they they carry it and it's distributed pretty much throughout their body, but... You know, like over the years, like you just always see like this slow sort of decay uh, internally and just, you know, like how their strength just diminishes and they they can't do things anymore. And so it's very it's very much of an illusion. I trained a lot of cheerleaders, models like the and
0: I would get these girls that would come in and I was always blown away when I'd go to measure their body fat because they look great. You know, you look at calendars, you look at their body and like. But and I, like 28%. I, yeah, yeah, their their body fat percentage would be so high for how skinny and how lean they were. But then it all made sense when I'd ask their diet, you know, and I'd, I'd hear what they eat and they'd be like, oh, I have, you know, jalapeno poppers from Jack in the Box. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And then I snack on carrots the rest yeah, of the day.
1: Yeah. I have six chicken nuggets a day. Yeah, no, know. literally this, this
0: is a common diet. It's like, oh, <laughs> I eat celery all day. And then at night I typically have like Jack in the Box tacos or something like that. It's right. like- whoa dude so you're eating like a thousand calories and most of those calories are coming from some fucking yeah. garbage some right?
1: people store body fat mm-hmm. in such in like favorable places oh dude right? i I, like, I have cousins like this who they eat and they gain 20 pounds and it's like boobs and butt yeah you know what i mean and, it, and everybody's like what the fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know that's yeah. hilarious yeah. I store genetics p- man yeah i store it all in the but again the I, I mean
0: i go back to like you know they're it's a trade off right like those people are lucky because it goes to these great places that they think it's good but then those people too they don't get the discipline to go with it right they're the ones that they're they're not forced to like someone like us who's had issues that like I've got to figure this shit out now I'm glad I'm figuring it out now in my 30s and and trying to figure it out when I'm 60 and told because I just I'm waking up from a heart attack right right and the doctor's like hey you need to change all these things yeah I'd rather
3: have visible signs of unhealth so that way I know like where I'm at and where I stand you know versus this, this, you know, going through life like everything's fine and, and just sort of like taking it as it comes. Dude,
1: I have an uncle who at the age of I want to say forty-eight or whatever. He wasn't he wasn't super healthy and fit, but he wasn't unhealthy. He was his body weight, he was maybe 10, 15 pounds overweight. And every once in a while he'd go on a hike or a walk and his diet wasn't perfect, but it wasn't terrible. And at 48 years old, he was hiking one day and then he had Crazy, crazy upper mid back pain. He's like, What the fuck is going on? My God, that hurts so bad. He was having trouble breathing with it, and luckily he was smart enough to call an ambulance. Ambulance came and he was having a massive heart attack out of nowhere. And he did what what is it called? The the Widow Maker, where they do like a triple bypass on him. Oh yeah. There was all kinds of fucked up shit with his arteries had no other signs that there was anything wrong with him because you know. his body weight was kind of normal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wasn't super active, but he would walk and do hikes and stuff like that. And boom, that's a sign. Now, that's a, for me personally, I think that's a curse. I hope mm-hmm. my sign is my gut goes off or I have skin issues or I gain some body fat. Like, okay, yeah. there's the little, little red lights that are popping up right. before the big red light, you know, comes up. Because that's what happens. You ignore your body long enough and it just gets louder and louder. Yep. This also highlights something else, and that's this. Um, for, don't worry about other people worry about just yourself that's yeah. the cards you were dealt and looking at other people and thinking about how unfair things are is a road it's, wasted energy. it's a road to you know depression, sadness, jealousy envy it, and it, it also doesn't help doesn't do anything for you instead of worrying about it look, there's lots of people with way better genetics than me who can build more muscle and be a lot stronger and you know what I think? good for them I have what I have to work with, and this is what yeah. I'm going to work with. If I start getting
2: jealous and angry at other people, that's, going to, that's, a, that's a bad road. That's All a bad road to head down. Next question is from Court K5. What are your views on training every body part to keep consistency and overall balance rather than training certain areas you want to build? Every time I train my chest, I immediately drop in my cup size, so I shy away from training my chest. Do you feel I will create imbalances? What do you recommend for keeping feminine features while building some solid muscle? This is an interesting question. Yeah, I don't think Uh,
1: she's dropping a cup size from training chest, though. I don't think there's some spot yeah, reduction going on. Yeah, up. it's
3: an overall training that's that's happening.
1: Yeah, there. I think she's just getting leaner because spot yeah. reduction doesn't really happen at, at that, that rate. Yeah, I, but I mean, the rest of it's a good question, right? And, there. and even
0: if even if that's the case, like I mean, when you talk about the chest, like if there was if there was a muscle group on a female that I would I would neglect or tell her like, yeah, we could skip that and move along and do other things, it probably would be the chest, and not just because you're a female and you have boobs. But because we do, I mean, we're already just posturally. Yeah. Posturally, yeah. the average person is already anterior driven and so they have the rounded shoulders and yeah. they're forward anyways. So most people can't can't do enough posterior chain and back work anyways. So honestly, I don't know if you would create an imbalance of letting go of doing your chest that often or ever and focusing more on back and posterior chain because You spend the rest of your, because when you get on a computer, you don't ever type the computer behind your back. You're typing in front of you. Every time you answer your phone or you text on your phone, you're doing that. And every time you do that, you don't realize it, but you're, you're contracting the chest or shortening it. Yeah. You're shortening it. Right. So you're, you're, you're getting in that shortened position. So you're not going to, you're, you're not, that's not a, a muscle that now, if you're somebody who chain train chest and you skip back, that's an issue like that will cause that it is already a common issue and a common imbalance already and I would never tell a client of mine, "Yeah, yeah, you know, what? don't worry about the back. We'll just we'll just work on chest cuz you can see that and you like building your chest." That would be terrible advice as a trainer. But I had many female clients who had breast implants and they had they already had rounded shoulders, and we didn't do hardly any chest, if ever at all. And we focused more of their work on their back, their rear delts, and. But that was spe-
1: pa- that was that's more of a specific like okay, you have an imbalance, and we want to train other areas to correct those imbalances. Right, but, but but let's be honest: is that not most people? It is, no. it is. But here's the thing, though that you want to you want to consider if that's not you, and you're neglecting an area because of aesthetics, be careful, because I know people who who skip leg day skip calf day, I don't want to work my arms because I don't like my arms, or I don't need to work my back, because I know women who won't work their back, because they don't want their back to look muscular, so they don't train their back, and you got to be careful with that, because yes, there's this aesthetic component, I get that, but there's this function component Hmm. as well, and I mean, you can train an area, maybe not as hard, but keep it connected, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, keep it connected and keep strengthening it, I mean, this is common with guys, they don't want to train their calves or their legs, right, because... Who's going to see my legs or whatever? I don't care about that. The irony of it is, by the way, training your whole body will actually give you better results in your whole body, yeah. Uh, versus skipping body There's parts, it's
3: a cascading effect where you you train your whole body, everything's going to improve, and you know it's going to bleed over into other functions. But you know, from what this question is really asking, isn't really on a perspective of performance. So right. that's where yeah. I can kind of see Adam's point with. Yeah, you know, having making sure if it was a postural thing, like, like let's say, yeah, like she wasn't training her back and that was like a focus. That would be an issue because we are like, we, we want to make sure everything's tracking properly and yeah. the shoulders in a good position. And, you know, so like, kind of avoiding somewhat of the chest work isn't going to be super detrimental. Uh, yeah, I All guess that's
0: the one body old, part. It, right? it is the only yeah. body part yeah. I
3: cannot think of a single body part
0: besides the chest that I've allowed. I've allowed a client to say, just say, yeah, no, we could skip that. We don't need to. You do know, the that.
1: irony of that too is the in the old the old time strongman lifters. Uh, like the bench press was a, was a late addition to the the strength exercises. Yeah, the bent press was. Yeah, well, in those days it was. Popular. Yeah, everything was overhead. It was overhead exercises. It was pulling yourself up. It was using rings, using parallel bar dips, where you get some chest work there too. Yeah. But the benches, bench pressing didn't really exist, or if it did, it was not done very heavy because they didn't have a rack. So if you wanted to do a bench press in those days. You had to clean the weight, mm-hmm. sit down and then lay down on your back and do it back then they called it a horizontal press. And athletes definitely didn't compare horizontal press numbers. Nobody gave a shit about that. It was all about you know how much you could overhead press uh, or how much you could lift off the floor and stuff like that. And if you look at the if you look at pictures of these strong men from the turn of the century or the turn of the, the you know the 20th century, uh, you can see that they actually have very well developed bodies and dot bodies but all of them had kind of these smaller leaner underdeveloped chest the big big chest muscles didn't come in vogue until it was bodybuilding until a pro bodybuilding you know big pecs of like Oh, well, so we want to be gorillas yeah arnold and all those well, guys well it's really
0: not advantageous to the what we do all day long i mean er, every everything we do is uh, our hands reaching out in front of us you just you never yeah. pull behind you so It really is an area that, I mean, honestly, I see more problems with people over developing a chest and doing too much chest and not putting enough emphasis on the back. I mean, and so if there was ever an area that I I would tell a client, probably there in calves, like I've told girls that wear high heels all day long, that we don't need to be doing no calves. Uh, you already have great developed calves if anything I would work on ankle mobility and stretching there and stuff you go like that. there you go so and then maybe that's what you do with your chest like maybe your yeah, chest yeah work
1: on mobility and activating it right
0: and right and so I, I yeah. think that's a good that's Just a good recommendation Sal yeah. like, may, maybe you don't train the chest like to build but you you train it for mobility which mm-hmm. I think would be great because then you're going to open up the shoulders open up the chest you're not going to build a bunch of muscle but you are staying connected like Sal was saying mm-hmm. so that would be my recommendation I don't I don't think that you need to yeah. train your chest heavy or fall if you're following like a MAPS anabolic routine, you absolutely can take that, you know, the barbell bench press and then change it into a mobility. This is why we, we've we always encouraged people with all of the programs that we do, we don't believe that everybody should follow this exact same thing. If This is a perfect example of how I would take a, a great program like anabolic and just slightly modify it for someone. Yeah, you should follow the program pretty much to T. Okay, well, we're going to take the barbell movements uh, for chest. And instead of doing that, we're going to do some mobility work for your chest or maybe some body weight type things that take you through mm-hmm. full range of motion and work on connectivity.
1: Yeah, here's another thing too with, uh, with women and chest muscles. It's a very common thing in our field or in our area or space for women to get breast augmentation. Mm-hmm. And the most popular way of doing this is by placing the implant underneath the pectoralis muscle. And what happens is some of these athletes that do this and then continue to really build and strengthen their chest because what happens, that chest, it changes the angle of pull, number one, when you place an implant underneath the pec. So the instance of things like frozen shoulder, shoulder impingement actually go up because it's pulling the chest out, right? So it causes the shoulders to roll forward even more. And then they work out their chest and the, the pec muscle presses down the implant and causes you know, these bigger uh, capsules where the implant, and you can see women when they work out, and they've had their implants for a few years, they'll flex their pecs and their implants will yeah. kind of pop out. Separate out. The, out yeah. yeah, separate out the side. So that's something that's important to pay attention to if you have, imp- if you have uh, implants or you're trying to get implants. Focus a lot on chest flexibility and mobility and strengthen your mid-back to
2: prevent some of those issues. Next question is from Ander Beth. Are trainers just touchy feely by nature, or are there some that are just creeps? One of my OTF instructors touches every girl he helps. Oh, man. Oh, he's That's one funny. of those guys.
1: Oh. Dude, I used to train my. Tra- so the things I used to focus on training my trainers was you know, how to prospect, how to sell training, how to, how not how to, how to, to fuck have, your clients. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, to, yeah. how to be a good trainer. And then I would always do a course on how to touch your clients but also remain professional because as a trainer I never liked the I never like the whole like never touch your clients type of thing. No, I used to touch my clients. Yeah, because you know, especially when you're training there's, an area like the back. Yeah, well there's you know, there's areas there's
0: respectable you know yeah, ways to do it. Yeah, there's areas that you that I think are completely appropriate and okay to touch, and how you touch, right? Like the trainer who comes up, okay, and yeah. gets behind the hot client while she's squatting. You know, and bear hugs her, <laughs> squats <laughs> her like she's yeah, a guy. Yeah yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and he and he's he squats with her, and he's bear hugging her around yeah, the waist the yeah. time. Okay, that's probably not necessary, yeah. right? Yeah. Or you know, or somebody Just who's a hand on the lower the, back, yeah, in like a the, certain the, way. Right, the guy's teaching her how to do hip thrust, and he's t- poking her butt while she does it. Yeah. It's like feel it here, yeah, yeah, yeah it's right like, in this butt like, area. Pretty obvious. Like most people know where their butt is, so you don't need to point it out yeah. and touch yeah. it. But not a lot of people, like Sal was saying. Know how to retract the shoulders, squeeze the rhomboids. You
1: got to put them in position. You got to move their shoulders. Sometimes you got to stretch them out. Yeah. Stretching them on the floor was a big one. I used to tell my trainers, there's one way that you stretch someone out on the floor, and this is what it looks like. Because I will never forget when I first became a fitness manager and watching this and thinking, okay, we need to change that. So, you know, when you have someone on the floor and you're doing passive stretch and you put their leg up on your shoulder? Yeah. His head was on the inside. So no. He, yeah. So it's all, <laughs> you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah pictured that you might as right well start away. having sex with her, right? Yeah, so I was like, no, no, like, no. Oh, yeah. The leg goes but, on the but, other shoulder. So thrusted. And you look away. Do not make eye contact no, when you're stretching their hamstrings or their hips and you're on top of them. Yeah, look yeah. away and talk to them while you're looking over there. And, may, and this is the other thing I used to tell them if you're talking to your client while you're stretching them, Make sure your conversation is extremely technical and extremely professional. So if you want to joke around and you're friends with your client, that's fine. But don't have those conversations while you're touching them. Because that's right. what I would do. As soon as I'm stretching a client, I'm like, so we're stretching the hamstring. The insertion is over here and over there. And you may feel this kind of pulling. And I'm looking away and I'm like, yep. this is the clinical part yeah, of what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, treat it
3: like that. I actually used to use a... Uh, and this, this feels kind of funny, but, like, I used to use a stick, like, when I'd stretch and stuff. And so I would actually use that to kind of prod them a little bit, like, from, from the outside, like, joust them a little bit. But I, I would use it, like, props or, like, you know, the wall or, you know, whatever to try and, like, get a lot of that, like, feedback for them. I feel like Justin's opposed- the
0: least likely to
3: be touchy I
0: feel like that's how you would be, like, fucking poking them yeah, with a the stick. Yeah, I would. you feel I would. it right here.
3: I'm <laughs> not, like, you know, massaging, like... That used to creep me out, like some some of these other trainers that would go get like certain certifications, like NKT, class. and they would like massage, and it was like a combo of both. Yeah, yeah. And it's like uh, looking from the outside, I know it was like the intentions were pure, but it looks really like so, intimate.
1: Well, I w- so I used to do that because I worked with a phenomenal uh, correctional body work uh, specialist or massage therapist, and she, I learned so much from her, and I'm like, wow, this could be applicable while I'm training someone. If I want to deactivate their traps, or if I want to whatever, but the way I would do it is I would use my elbow. It was very seldomly my hands. Mm-hmm. I'd use my elbow. I'd turn my body, and I would. You could completely feel my energy was separate. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would body very, language is everything. Yeah, I'd go way out of my way to act like I was like, okay, I'm over here doing this thing. because right. And you have to do that when you're a trainer. First of all, it's a bad reputation with personal. Yeah, training. we already oh.
0: get a stigma. Well, for that. I, I mean, I'm a I'm a very touchy feely person and. Period, and then I definitely touched clients for sure when I wanted them to fill things. But I again, I think there there is a right and wrong way. One, like Sal, like I used to go through this whole process of teaching my trainers. And one thing I used to always tell them is like, you guys are the minute you walk through that door as a trainer, like whether you know it or not, everybody in that facility knows who you are. I mean, they might not know who you personally, but they know you're a trainer that works here. So you're immediately on. Mm-hmm. So however you you conduct yourself. And they say that the average person will shop and watch a trainer for three months before hiring them. So you're on you're on right now. And if, if you think that the sixty year old lady who's, you know, worth ten million dollars and is looking to potentially have a trainer for the rest of her life and is watching all the trainers work with people, and you're the guy with the 27-year-old hot girl at your training, and you're hugging her while she squats, and you're touching her glutes, and you're stretching her hamstrings between her legs. Like, if you think that's going to do well for your business, you're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, you really yeah. are. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't stretch hamstrings, doesn't mean you can't touch clients, doesn't mean any of that stuff, but how you do it is so important on how you... And, like, I a lot of why reasons why I would, would touch people, too, is I recognize, too, that... I'm a six foot three, 230 pound man. That's intimidating for a, Five foot four, sixty year old lady who walks in. So a lot of times, like when I put my arm around her shoulder or touch her on her back or something like that, it's kind of to, to calm her down. Like I'm not this big, aggressive fucking yeah. guy who's going to be intimidating. That I can speak softly. I can get down to her it takes level. Skill
1: to manage that well. Yeah, you, yeah. there is,
0: and and it, you're right. It's not. It's not. Uh, I'm touching her, but I'm doing it in a way that I think is. She's th- like your mom, right? It's exactly. It's inviting, yeah. uh, and the conversation that I'm I'm having with her, I think, is appropriate. See, the
1: problem is. Is the problem is we haven't been men and women haven't been working together in close quarters for a very long time it's true if you really think about it and you look at history human history and so the rules we don't know we don't quite know what the rules are and so now you have organizations that because it's it's like you know it when you see it it's one of those situations obviously there's things you can't do and you know obviously there's things that are inappropriate but you know putting your arm around a client There's ways you could do it that are totally professional and there's ways you could do it that look sleazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe them specifically except for the extreme versions. But you see it and you know. You know it when you see it. So now you have organizations that are like, no touching allowed at all. Never touch a client. Yeah, no, that's crazy. You're not allowed to compliment each other. No. You're not allowed to and it's like, okay, now we've gone. Well especially when they're trying to
3: identify where they're having an issue or like they're not be they can't feel or, you know, I have a pain in this area right here. And it's like you know being able to identify that area of their body is very helpful
1: dude i remember i had when i very first became a trainer and i was doing really well at first and the fitness manager is like hey sal take you know billy and set up a body fat test booth and see if you guys can get people to book orientations now in those days there were two separate body fat tests there was one for women and one for men and the one for men was it was four points. It was the upper thigh, mm-hmm. bicep, tricep, and upper pec. Now, today, if you get a, a, a body fat test, it's unisex. <laughs> it's subscapula, suprailiac crest, and uh, what is it, bicep, bicep and tricep? tricep. Right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's this kid, new trainer, and uh, I'm not paying attention to him because I'm talking to a son of the I client. I remember the chest one. And he's, yeah, yeah. he's knock he, he's like tapping me on my shoulder, and he goes, Sal, she's, you know, I have a question for you. So like, I finish up with who I was helping, and I turn around, and. He's like, she's at this thing says she's like 40% body fat. I'm looking at her, I'm like, no, 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 you did something wrong. He's like, that's what I thought. He's like, can you watch me to make sure I'm doing it right? So he, chest, he does the thigh. Okay, that looks good. He does the bicep. That looks good. Oh, tricep that looks good. Does the chest.
3: He grabs some titty.
1: He actually grabbed some of the upper <laughs> boob. And of course, she's measuring hella high because that's the man one. And if you got boobs and you're a man, yeah. you're at 40% body fat. So like, I'm like, wrong I was on test, bro. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. do I do? So I like, Oh, you know what? Let's try a different tech. Cause she didn't look like she was like, she was figuring like it out. Offended so or I'm like. like, no, 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 let's try this one. And this won't be more accurate. And then when she left, I'm like, dude, that's the men's test, bro. You don't grab a girl's boob and test cause a boob is all body fat. <laughs> so right. A, yeah, gonna... he had the, the upper thigh with that too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember yeah. That. yeah. I actually, I actually got the most embarrassed I've ever been in my entire life was as a young trainer and I had so I was 18 years old I was a fucking baby and I had this woman that I was training who was probably I remember her being this older woman but you know in hindsight she was probably 30 right so I'm 18 she's like 30 super attractive made me really really nervous and she she calls the gym I get on the phone she's like hey Sal I want to test my body fat real quick if you can test me because I'm not going to be able to train with you uh, today or whatever so she had to reschedule so she walks in and she's wearing a little like sundress and I knew that one of the tests was upper thigh <laughs> so we go in the office and I go to test her upper thigh and I'm like oh you have to pull up your and before I can get the words out she just lifts everything up oh and, wow yeah dude and I wow. was yeah
3: super that's super, even for I had yeah
1: super embarrassed and I, I had did not lady. train her anymore after that
3: <laughs> yeah I had a lady I just took me by surprise with that like I was just gonna have her roll up her sleeves, you know, for a shirt and like, you know, start working on her arms. She just took her shirt off Yeah, <laughs> and she was in a bra and I was I've like, had that. whoa, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I guess that's helpful. I've yeah, done, like, I've, thanks. i That's an obvious like, but I was mean. like, wow. Okay. This is, we've uh,
0: had, we've had, we every gym we've ever been at the body fat testing area. is kind of a pri- semi private area. Normally it's normally a back off in a corner yeah, or exactly. this wall. So. There's been times where I've, you know, I had a girl back there and said, you know, hey, wait right here, I'm gonna go get the calipers and we're gonna. Do you your walk body. back and I show. walk back and the shirt's already off. I'm like, oh yeah. wait, you don't yeah, need to do yeah, that. Yeah, you don't get, have to go all the yeah, way. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, you know, when that happens and then they act like and then they act like it's not a big deal. They know what they're doing. No, of exactly. course. Who the fuck takes oh, their shirt off? Because right dude. after
0: that, I'm going right for the sale. I'm like, okay, let, <laughs> let's sit down and talk about your training
3: program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, This yeah. one will stay with me yeah, for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, going to yeah. try real hard, and I'm yeah, not yeah. going to yeah. give it to her. That's where Sal yeah. and I are
0: different. I mean, the fact that he
3: got scared and left of that. I was like, 18. Yeah, you know? I would sit
1: her down and be like, no, no this, this is the
0: best. You keep selling them.
1: Yeah, let's talk about how long your training program is going to be. You're telling me a 30-year-old hot woman wouldn't scare the shit out of you at 18 years old? Well, dude, I, you were still a virgin at 18. Fuck you. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still confident as fuck, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. All right, check this out. If you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download some of our free guides. We have a back pain guide, a fat loss guide, a hit training guide, guides on training different body parts. They're very thorough. They're all totally free. Again, the website, mindpumpfree.com.
2: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic,